Hi, I'm Gemma Petherbridge, and this is the Higher Self School podcast. Each month, we explore topics that are perfect for the spiritually inclined and curious. So, if you're part of the awakened generation, this podcast is perfect for you. Welcome back to week two of our Months on Intuition. This week I'm going to talk about the reasons why some people feel that they are not intuitive and how you can deliberately get around those hurdles because it's just basically understanding what's going on with your intuition. But before we dive into that, just a reminder that halfway through this episode we'll have a tea break advert where we will talk about our workshop for this month. Every month we have a podcast masterclass. This month it's on particular skills that work for pretty much everybody to help you connect your intuition. So listen out for that and how you can get your free ticket. And also don't forget every month we have some free downloads, free content available for you. This month it is a quiz entitled Find Your Intuition Style. So if you're not sure what your skills are and you want to sort of have some help to identify them, head to the bio, click on the link, do the quiz and that will help refine for you what your skills are so you can understand them a bit better. Anyways, on to this week's episode. So when I say that I am an intuition coach, And it is something that personally has really impacted and improved my life in pretty much every way you can imagine. Some people will naturally return or reply to me by saying, oh, I'm not intuitive. But the thing is, all of us are, to a point, it is in our DNA, because we all have those instincts that have come down the bloodline to help the survival mechanisms that we've inherited from our ancestors and they are triggered when we feel we are not safe. So that trigger is in essence our intuition, but it's learning to communicate with it and understand what's going on. I'm gonna jump straight in to talk about brainwave states because that's often the one thing that is causing us the most problems. So to connect your intuition, we have to be in a almost meditative state The more and more practiced you are at intuitive work, the less you have to worry about that. You can connect easier. So if you're not in a very relaxed state, you could probably still get there. But when you are learning this process or refining your skills, this is probably almost more important than learning how to communicate. So you need to relax, calm the breath, allow your energies to relax. And basically we normally work in a, well, the stress state that we are famously in these days is high beta. In a normal everyday state, we are in beta. And we want to go all the way down to theta, which is deemed a sleep state, but it is the one we go to when we meditate. And it is the one that you would be in when you're connecting to your intuition. So when people say they cannot connect to their intuition, it's normally because their brainwave states are too high, they're too peaked. Prime example, if we are actually in fight or flight, the brain and the body has to switch off to those lower brainwave states because it needs the energy and the focus to survive. So when you are going through those very intense life moments, 
you're, that is the moment where you'll find you cannot actually connect your intuition because it's not available to you because the body is focusing adrenaline in a completely different way. And that's often what's happening because these days you will hear many, many more qualified people than myself speak about this, doctors, uh, nurses, scientists, speak about how we are always in fight or flight mode, sympathetic mode. And when we are in that mode, it's very hard to connect to our intuition. And as soon as you're triggered in the day with a stress, which these days can be things that we don't even realise are stressful, like quick, if I don't hurry up, I'm going to be late to pick up the kids. And then there's a stress state, but it's actually a normal everyday situation you could be put in. But actually, our bodies and the more primal part of us could see that as a stress state. So we go into this sympathetic mode, this panic mode, this fight or flight or freeze mode. When that happens, our intuition needs to, it, it's not available because we need to just use our body to survive. So that's why it's always good to connect first thing in the morning before the day kind of takes its toll, although you know, it meanders, hopefully we're all going to have good days, but those moments where things are hard and we want to connect to our intuition, sometimes it's not available to us. But if you have spent the morning connecting in, i.e. these morning routines, it's probably offered some guidance for when you get to these stress states, that means you can alleviate them quicker. And actually there is some research done by a particular scientist and even the Dalai Lama himself, where they meditated and they noted that if they were put through stress states because of their level of meditation, they could come back to an equilibrium quicker so that they could use their mind in a more sensible way to overcome these stress states. So again, it shows how we go into like a panic mode where intuition is switched off. But if we've already preempted it and meditated in the morning, you've got that guidance. So that would be my first point is we are not aware enough when we are connecting to our psychic abilities and our intuition of how important the brainwave states are and relaxing. So that could be a bath, it could be essential oils for you. In fact, stimulus is good. So if you had an essential oils like a lavender and you did that every time, just before you were gonna connect your intuition, your body will learn, okay, lavender equals I'm going to connect to my intuition and it will calm because it knows what's coming next. So you could do things like that. You could put cues in place if that's something that resonates with you. Now, the other real common reason that people may say I'm not intuitive is they're not sure that the messages they're receiving are intuitive messages. And I can completely appreciate that. If you are getting trains of thought come through as your intuition, it's very hard to understand, is that my intuition? Is that my brain just chatting away to me? So we're going to break this down into two parts. We have two parts to our brain. Okay, we have the left brain, which is very much the analytical. It's the part of the brain that we are in every day. It's the, it can be the stress part that communicates when we are in fight or flight, we are coming from that side of the brain. It's very much our egoic brain and you can imagine if it's the stress part it can feel quite stressful I liken it to Edgar which is the scream it's that energy it's quite intense it's speaking quite fast I feel I'm speaking fast now it could speak a lot faster than that and I also now liken it to my puppy Maya 
because she's Miss Bouncy Tigger, life is amazing, lots of energy, she's going really, really fast. And that's one of the brains, okay? That's part of the brain. On the other side, the right side, we have uh, the right brain characteristics, often are the connection to the uh, higher self anyway. It is our intuitive part. It's our subconscious, so there's a lot more hidden information that we can make the most of. And it's a lot more chilled out, okay? Again, within imagery, I often see this as Yoda because the, the right brain can talk in very few words, but it uses limited words, but it's still more profound in what it says in the left brain. And unlike my puppy, I liken this side now to my kitten, Lily, who watches Maya, thinks Maya is very intense, kind of looks on with a bit of disapproval, and it's just like, what are you doing? And she's just zen. So I think that in itself is a good summary. So the way that you can notice these two sides yourself is sadly via the mind chatter that we all go through. So those that negative dialogue that I'm sure most people have witnessed where we're putting ourselves down, we're kind of berating ourselves, maybe others, but often it's, it's ourselves. But you can also tell that's happening. Like I, you'll be able to hear yourself doing that in your mind's eye and hear these words. Even as I say, I'm sure you can recall those moments where that's happened. And therefore a different part of you has had to witness that for it to be recalled. And that's the difference. So the negative side that's chatting, that's doing that is the left brain. The observer is the right brain. Okay, so when you next think, was that my intuition? Flip that slightly and ask yourself, what did it sound like? Did it sound quite stressful and quick? Is it like my puppy, Maya, doo -doo 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 -doo, lots of chats? Or is it Lily? Just watching, observing, and just, just heart opened and probably very encouraging, nice energies. As soon as you can tell the energy and how heart opened or not the message was, you'll know if it's your intuition. But I will say, when people have that train of thought, was that my intuition? 99% of the time, it is. And again, it's the brain. I said this last week. It's the brain's way of telling us it's our intuition by having us ask that question. Moving on, you remember last week, I spoke about all the different ways our intuition can communicate to us, but also all the different sources, energy sources we can receive communication from. And particularly if you're expecting to say, see visuals, I mean, the media and films give us this suggestion that we are gonna hear voices in our heads, we are gonna see visuals, we're almost gonna see something, something that doesn't exist, but in the real world. We have these expectations and then the actual truth of our intuition is different. So the next time you're thinking, I'm not intuitive, just consider, did anything happen to the body? Are you, have you got a taste in your mouth right now? Have you got a smell? Do you feel that there's an energy presence with you? What I say in my meditations in the higher self school to people is I'm always like, open up your senses a bit more. Just open them up. Allow them all to be open and just see what comes. And also you can start with one sense. You could just, if I'm asking them to bring forward some ancestors, they may feel the energy of the stepping forward of the ancestor. And then in the next moment, it's in the mind's eye. So 
we have to have very heightened awareness and just see what's happening. And also you have to try out all of these different approaches. So really kind of explore all the different options and see what works with you. Don't forget oracle cards, pendulums are always generally a source for success. You have to give them a go, let it play out to see that they generally do work for people. But you remember last week I was saying we have neurons obviously in the brain, but we also have some in the heart center, we have them in the gut and the womb space. And therefore even that, you need to work out which ones connect you, you personally connect to easily and would gain more information from. Prime example, I really connect into the heart, that's what I like. I haven't met someone for ages who works from the heart. More people, again, if I'm working with groups in the school, they're connecting to the gut. And that works for most people. For me, connecting, like dropping my awareness all the way down for the gut means that I kind of lose the connection where other people seem to gain the connection. So it's all very different, which is lovely because it, it honours the fact every soul is different, but also we're so conditioned, so left brain that there's a particular way to do things that we feel that we are failing when we're probably not. And I've got a little hack for the system with this for you, which is if you feel you're connecting, you feel lovely and relaxed, you've done the process, it feels right for you. And in theory, you feel you should be getting a message, but you're not. Ask your intuition to give you the message in a different way. I tried this maybe six months ago. I was getting a, a symbol. I had no idea how to translate it all a little bit vague and I was like I'm sorry I don't know what you're trying to say to me can you tell me in a different way it was quite funny they almost got frustrated with me and you'd notice I call them they because sometimes my intuition just naturally transitions to my guides so they've become a bit of a they but they kind of like oh there was a you know like a oh, typical human they there was a moment where it went quiet and then I think I literally got a train of thought. Something much clearer came through, which which as a human, I'm like, why didn't you just do it that way the first time around for me? But maybe what they were trying to do was more profound because they are higher beings. They're going to like, probably that was what was going to happen. But me being a human, I'm like, I don't get it. And then they gave it to me in black and white, basically. Very clear, clear language. Moving on from that, often the questions we are asking as well don't help at all because the first time people connect to their intuition, generally they ask the big stuff. What's the meaning of my life? Why am I here? What's my perfect job? Should I have a family? Should I get married? Should I get a divorce? Should I emigrate? Big questions, life-changing, profound questions that are often, I mean, if you're asking, there is resistance there or there's a bit of reluctancy. So there is, again, if you've got the, imagine the brainwave states, you ask that question and naturally, there's a bit of an apprehension of what the answer is gonna be. And that apprehension will change the brainwave state and make it harder for the question to come. So again, when I'm teaching, I often say to people straight away, please try not to ask big questions on day one because it's just too much. I want you to be able to use your intuition and feel you can do that. I don't want you to fail because we're asking such big questions that we're just closing down. So what I say to people is if they really must ask those big questions, 
And you can imagine if I was going to ask, like I'm, I'm happily married, but if I was going to ask, should I get a divorce? There is almost an hurt heart energy going on. That hurts the fact that that's a consideration. And that's going to hinder you. And it's also probably going to change the reading a little bit. So I wouldn't ask those questions directly. I would go around about the houses. I wouldn't even, my question would not be, should I get a divorce? My actual question would be, intuition, why does this question upset me so much or scare me so much? I haven't said what the question is. Of course, my intuition, my body, my energies know the question. So why does that question scare me so much? And you can imagine it's gonna give an answer that's probably going to give you the answer to your main question, but also you haven't gone straight directly into that question to create that fear in the body. So that's something else. If you were, oh, I do do psychic readings for people, I do occasional readings for people, I do tarot readings, and people always come along with the big, big questions. And it's all right for the reader because it's not them, so they're stepped away from it. But that shows exactly the kind of intent people have when they start to connect, they want to do the big things. And that's why I would rather people connect every day, asking smaller things, so they make smaller changes, than feeling they failed because they just come along to work with your intuition when it's the big things. Okay, so we're gonna go deeper with what could be going on. I'm gonna present some really more esoteric. I mean, we're in esoteric world anyway. I'm going deeper with esoteric. And I just want you to listen to anything that may feel relevant. Some of it won't at all. And if something seems to pique your interest, it's probably something to explore. The first being past lives. Okay, so of course, intuition, psychic skills, things like that, especially within religious groups are deemed maybe not an activity to pursue. And therefore, in a past life, if you were doing that, maybe, or it could go two ways. It could have been that you were doing that work and you were persecuted because you were doing that work. Or you have a religious background where part of you is turned off and there's limiting beliefs to, you know, this works evil, this works bad. I'll be deemed to be bad if I do this kind of work. That's ones that I've seen and I understand and it's played out. So that's two trains of thought, but there could be more. So past lives could be impacting this, okay? And meaning that you're almost switched off to your intuition or at least it's limited out of fear of those beliefs that are in there. So if you clear those, it may help for one, open the third eye a bit more and help you get that connection. Another phrase that's very much connected to that, that's also connected to a limiting of your psychic skills and intuition, are witch wounds. And again, that's persecution that's happened particularly to people in past lives that were witches, but also maybe witches today, depending on the group and where you're brought up, of, not, of wanting to fit in. So you imagine witches and other workers like this were often, were they... Back in the day, I mean, if we go really far back, the people would go to them for advice. But then when it became sort of an evil thing or a bad thing to do to connect like this, they were pushed out of society. And of course, they, you needed to stay in the tribe to be safe. So there's a lot of stuff going on there. So if those, if, if 
past life regression feels like something to explore, witch wounds, something to explore, then consider that. Could also be that you have a closed third eye chakra. So that's the one that's with the brow or a closed crown, crown chakra. And that's the one above the head. And sometimes they don't open, especially the crown. We can get to adulthood and not have an open crown. And it's the same with the third eye. Or we've been told enough by people around us that we shouldn't do, we shouldn't be intuitive, it's a bad thing to be, things like that, that the energies start to kind of draw back. And that's where the idea of this closed chakra comes from. And it's, I would say, go for the analogy, it's very common that we see the chakras as a lotus flower. And the lotus flower is starting to close because we're told that we shouldn't use those energies. And it's really common even just having the intention of third eye or crown or both, you are safe now, please start to open, will start to make a difference for you. But also consider adding in the colours. So for the crown, you want to add in white colours and maybe transparent colours, especially if it's crystals, go for transparent. When I say colours, this is colours you're going to wear, this is colours you're going to have around you, this is white foods, things like that. Or for the third eye, you go for purples, purple crystals, purple food, purple clothes, purple things in your surroundings. And that frequency helps open the energy of that particular chakra. Tea break time, everyone, and a chance for me to tell you about this month's workshop. It will come with no surprise. It's going to be all about helping you connect to your intuition. And the title of this podcast masterclass is three ways to connect your intuition that works for everybody. I promise you, no matter your skills or how skeptical you are about working with your intuition, one, if not all of these techniques will work for you. Now, this is an online Zoom event, so everybody can attend or can get the replay if you can't attend live or you are listening to this podcast after the event you can still do all of this and get the replay. So the event itself is on Thursday, the 30th of March at 7.30 to 9.30 UK time. All you have to do to get a free invite, it's as easy as leave a review of this podcast, then head to either my Instagram at Higher Self School and send me a screenshot of that review or do the same via my email and I will reply with all of the details. It's as easy as that guys, but it's also written out for you in our bio so you can head there, get the links and hopefully I'll see you at the masterclass. And the final two things I want to say, okay, uh, I'm gonna finish with the most boring point. I don't know why, it's just where I put it in my list of points. But before that, I think in my my experience there's a lot of people they'll go they'll go along to a course they'll try the skills in that course they may not work for them or they may be struggling and they just decide they are not intuitive but there are so many different ways to connect your intuition and like I said everybody is intuitive we all have the same chakras we all have this internal gut instinct it's just analyzing and working out what suits you so please know if you're listening, there is an interesting intuition. If the brain is still saying that you're not intuitive, it's just you need to find the right skills. So if you've gone on a course and you've tried it and it was hard, I mean, I think one of the first things I did deliberately was mediumship work, and that was quite advanced. Um, turned out I, was, I wasn't too bad at it, to be fair, 
But at that moment in time, I felt very confronted having to do a reading for somebody. And I'm not someone who likes that experience anyway, so it felt really uncomfortable. Then I studied tarot, and again, doing it, I did it one-to-one. So my I was giving my teacher readings every week. That felt too confronting as well. So my energies were increasing, but my energies were stressing because of situations I was putting myself in and I was struggling to read. She was saying I was doing very, very well, but I just, it was very uncomfortable. So for me, I started to listen to my own intuition in my own space, my own time. And then I started to do it for other people. But still, the first time I had to say something out loud to a person, do a reading and say something to them, the amount of fear that I had that I was going to get it wrong. So I, but I was just like, you know what, what have I got to lose? And I said it, I was getting paid to do the reading. So I was like, I needed to do the reading. So I did put myself in a stressful situation and it paid off. And um, they were even more accurate than I was expecting them to be for day one. So the reason I'm saying that is try lots of different techniques. Again, we've got this workshop coming up. Maybe that will work for you. Pretty sure those ones will. But no, it's just exploring and finding the right one for you. And that last really boring point is actually super key. And that's make sure you're hydrated. If your energies are off because you're not hydrated, it can make a big difference. Now, remember we are, you know, we're made of mineral and water and our water is very programmable. So we can use that a lot to connect into that energy to help with the readings. But if we're dehydrated, then we don't really have that available to us. So always have a glass of water with you, always sip it. Um, if when you're connecting, your throat gets a bit scratchy or you, you're aware of your body, keep drinking, it's natural. A scratchy throat often means I'm trying to communicate or communication is hard. Like if I'm doing a reading for someone, like yesterday I did a reading and my ears started to just feel a bit funny, not painful, but not, not a nice feeling. And it was because the message that they needed to hear was you're not listening. So again, it can come out in different ways, but looking after the body so the body can send you the right messages is really important. Almost there, guys. Final two points, okay? When you're getting into this, if it's something that feels like it's a part of your everyday, like it's going to be a lifelong thing, the morning routines, but in particular, intuition work, you know, that's my passion. Last month, you heard Paul talk about his passion meditation. Intuition is the part of the morning routine that is my passion. Consider making a space that you'll come to every day, particularly for that, maybe the morning routine in general, but if not, somewhere that you go to sit with your intuition. So I have a cupboard near me that's glass fronted so I can see all, it's a cabinet really, I can see all of my crystals, everything inside, all my different essential oils, my oracle cards, and every morning I go there see what energies I'm drawn to. By the end of the day, I always understand why I'm drawn to them. So I'll take one or two things. I'm not like hoarding heaps of stuff around all day. And then with those things, I will sit on a meditation cushion near that cabinet. I'm just like intuition, what do I need to know today? And I'll get a message, then maybe I'll pull some cards. I just go with what feels the natural thing to do. If I'm rigid and I'm like, I must do it this way, it doesn't flow 
and it's not as enjoyable. But consider having this space. You've got everything at your fingertips that you may want to use. And the body again learns that when I go to this space, I do this activity and it does help for one, calm you down, get that brainwave state down, but also bring those trains of thought through and access your intuition a bit quicker. Finally, uh, I have coined a phrase, maybe someone else has as well, who knows, secondary questions. And if you know me well, you would have heard me say secondary questions in teachings multiple times by now. But that is because, again, when we speak to our intuition, we ask it a question, we get a reply, however the reply works, and then we move on to the next question. And we can go deeper than that. We can, like, you know, I sat there, I was telling you last week, I sat with my intuition and I was like, okay, intuition, what do I do with my life? What should I do next? And it was like, create a business. I'm like, how? And it told me the whole process. So I was having this dialogue like it was my best friend, my advisor, my mentor, my coach. I recommend doing that. So if you ask a question and you get the answer, I've already said, if you're not sure what the answer is, you can say, I'm sorry, I don't understand what you're trying to say. Can you say it a different way and see what happens? But also, if you get an answer that's really juicy and therefore creates multiple more questions, ask those questions. The universe wants you to dialogue. It. I wonder if because of society and, you know, we elevate this energy, of course we do, it's we see it as higher than us, that we feel like we, whatever it says, we have to take it as a matter of fact. We can't question or we can't ask for more, but it loves it. Honestly, it wants the dialogue. Not always for long, okay? Especially if you're learning to connect to your guides and your ancestors, especially guides. Guides are like, I'm too busy. Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. So I've got a guide who's like, yeah, not now at me. Deities are the same. If you imagine the amount of uh, people who want to communicate with a deity, you may not be able to communicate with them that regularly. If they don't turn up, if you're like, goddess Isis, please come forward, can I speak to you? And you don't get anything. You could ask for one of her support group to come through, see if that would work. But don't take it to heart. It's because you're asking for the energy of a being that is probably being pushed and pulled in multiple directions. If you ask to speak to your own guardian angel or spirit guide, you're much more likely to get their correspondence. But particularly spirit guides can be a bit sassy. So to my high, when I speak to my higher self, I will connect in and get a dialogue back and forth for ages. And it's lovely, it's lovely energy to being. If I'm speaking to it and different energy, sometimes it's limited and I feel I haven't got as long, but I can still ask questions and get information. And that is where the gold dust is. When you get into that dialogue with them, it's beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Okay, I am gonna say goodbye. And don't forget, as I do that, it's time to head to the bio, leave a review on any platform that you are listening to this podcast, then let me know about it. So that could be that you are heading to our Instagram, Higher Self School, or you are emailing me at info at higherselfschool.com. Tell me about the review, send me a photo if you can, and we will invite you to this month's workshop three different ways to connect successfully to your intuition. 
I promise you it works. We are in March 2023. If you are listening to this past that date, do not worry. Still do that. Still leave the review. Tell me about it and I will send you the replay. Once you've done that, you've also got our quiz. What is your intuition style? Which I loved writing, so enjoy that. Let me know what you think and that will help you understand how your intuition's working and how to connect. And I will see you next week for our interview. Lots of love, guys. I will see you soon. Bye.